Hi yo. <laughs> what was the the anchor the anchor man? Uh, oh, you're taping. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're doing the whole thing. The anchor man. I don't know what to do. Yeah. No. Um, the <laughs> anchor- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's taking the level. <laughs> 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 yeah. Exactly. I can't. Like Kyle knows this. There, there's this. Rain, there's this certain point in my vocals oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it just it gives out so if I like oh it's just gone <laughs> I just got nothing it's just nothing it's like Tom Mariah and Angel of Death like that was impressive that thank was you impressive. Yeah. I, oh oh no that's alright don't air sauce This week, we are very privileged to have not only a Canadian icon, but one of the most important and prolific music VJs of our era. And when you think of much music VJs, yeah. like this guy is in the top five. Yeah. He has to be, especially for someone, I guess, our age. Most certainly. Obviously, this is a show about nostalgia from our, from our you know, childhood or, you know, in our, our teenage years. So, yeah, of course, he's, you know... To me, he's the most iconic. He's the one I remember the most because it was like, you know, I remember the contest. I remember, Mm. you know, uh, yeah, and just his his picks of videos and him being so kind of, yeah, just, just, yeah. He's the man. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. I know. Like, yeah. It's pretty mind-blowing. Like, yeah. this is really, like, something special and amazing. I can't even believe it happened. But then, yeah. like, th- th- when as soon as the interview starts, after the first little bit of jitters, it's like, oh, he's just a regular. He's just, he wants to talk. He he, he did talk to us for, like, two, two hours. hours. I know. It's incredible. And you get him for an hour because, you know. <laughs> no, I got I got other. drunk and bubbly, yeah. um, and bubbly. I don't think I asked a question. Uh, but n- n- it wasn't just like you guys were just answering it or asking everything. Like I'd have a question in my head, and you'd be like, "You'd ask it," and then like I'd be like, "Okay, I want to ask this follow up," and then Kyle would ask that follow up. I'm like, "God Aww. damn it!" No, 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 it was fine. Like I was just like sitting here just just reveling in it like enjoying the whole thing right yeah you were a fly on the wall i was a fly on the wall because we were all soaked up in 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 our own nostalgia yeah talking to rick the temp yeah he was just so cool at like like just you know we asked a question and he told the story like behind it like he was just like here's what the you know here's what i liked about it and here's what i didn't like about Very it honest. and here's why i left and yeah, yeah you know and yeah. him being as as the music fan uh it, it really yeah it, it was really amazing to to kind of talk to someone who was who was that down to earth and and that open about it so because i guess speaking for myself just as like a someone that really wanted to know certain things about that period of time it was such a special and an important period of time for us it was like to get to be able to ask Ask the actual guy the questions. It was kind of incredible, you know. He was exactly who we thought we he was. He looks the same. He yeah. looks. He looks. <laughs> he makes everyone else look as fat and old as we really are. <laughs> because at fifty one, still with a little soul patch and his and his like you know product hair, he that, looks great. That beaming smile. That beat. That mouth full of Italian whites. <laughs> it just looks so good. Yeah. Anyway, Andy invited himself back. We're ho- hopefully going to set that up and have something uh, yeah. in the future to to actually uh, talk with Rick a little bit more. Yeah. Most certainly. So sit back and enjoy the interview because we really had a great time. As you get to know and hear some really cool stories from the icon, the franchise, the temp, Rick Campanelli. What, what do we even say about Rick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the man. What descriptive words do you have? The franchise, the legend. <laughs> like just as you know, I was born 1980, so I'm you know yeah. dating myself. I'm 41. I so a kid that grew up in the 90s oh. in Canada, like yeah. the teenage years, the formative years. Yeah. That's where you start to like learn your identity. You start to you know yeah. learn your. It's music and movies and yeah. pop culture plays such a huge part of that. Um, and this man, it's yes. like it's oh man, no. well I was. The 
the same exact you way. Hell, you know, yeah. um, pleasure, guys. I was the same exact way in the eighties because, sure. like you, being born in the eighties, in the I was born in, in the seventies, uh, on the cusp of the sixties and seventies, <laughs> January fifth, nineteen seventy, to be exact. So the eighties was my decade of exploring and being introduced to to music, and I have to thank my older siblings and my parents. I'm the youngest of a six member family, and they were always listening to all sorts of genres. My parents, whether it was Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, or my, you know, my mom, more specifically, Bobby Vinton and, and all these other acts, uh, the Supremes, and then my older siblings with The Who and, and The Stones and Bowie and The Beatles, and the, the list goes on and on. And then my sister, of course, was more the bands that we talked about earlier, ABBA, Bee Gees, you know, but I had it all. As a young kid growing up in a family filled with music, I had all these genres. And, um, and then, of course, the 80s when much music finally kicked off in 84 well i was 14 and just like you were into it in the 90s i was i was engaged yes you know in, in the in the 80s and that's what uh, that's what set my path on living um the first half of my life anyway uh, living breathing music and 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 boy did i ever uh, add much music you know what's really funny about all that is that you're born 80 you're 82 yeah i'm 85 Two. yeah so even that time period you and i've spoken about this at length, but a five-year gap when you're young yeah. means the world, right? It's yeah. either you're oh, listening yeah. to bands that you're into, or you're listening to bands that your band, your family told you to listen to. Mm-hmm. That's right. But That's right. When you are in your teens, no matter mm-hmm. what, growing up in Canada in the mid to late '90s, you're all watching Rick the Temp <laughs> on much music, and you're like, "Man, this guy's so fucking cool." <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, no, Such seriously. Words. Yeah. I, I I appreciate it, and and I'm assuming the the music that you were listening to because it was 1980 that you were born, so teenager, uh, mid 90s. So grunge was was pretty hot at the time because I remember getting into Pearl Jam. I was still at university. I was in my early 20s. Pearl Jam, Nirvana, like that was like Soundgarden. That was that was those were the my god the gods, you know, that I praised. But now Matt, you and John over here, a little bit younger, were you inspired by those grunge? acts or were you no, just I, missing yeah i i gravitated to metal right away yeah metal right um, away my first metal video that is a memory burn for me is uh until it sleeps by metallica oh yeah yeah um, i think that's a good video no i know I yeah that's a good I think one the that's glitter a glitter and eyeshadow that i was like wait a minute wait a minute these guys have yeah <laughs> and the glitter and eyeshadow what anyway <laughs> uh but it was just uh it was so different and yeah. it was something that mom and dad didn't listen to no so, right, right growing up off of my parents taste of you know credence and dylan and hendrix yeah, and sabbath yeah, even um, yeah yeah you know once i started watching much music dad would say what is that that you're listening to that's when i knew i was listening to my music finally yeah, <laughs> of course right it you're not going just to see you and your buddies Ra- yeah raffi or sharon lois and bram anymore or uh zamfir with the pan flute that i loved yeah, so much zamfir, when i was yeah. growing up uh yeah very talented man <laughs> Zamfir. Yeah, I had a pan flute. <laughs> you had one of those things? You blew the oh yeah the wooden wow. I mean I blew, but it was not good. <laughs> so that was the kind of the, the beginning yeah. of it. But much music before streaming, that was your source oh. of new music. And furthermore, yeah. I would watch the videos of music I wouldn't listen to because no. it was on. Yeah. I yes, can't believe, yes. like, I, I I remember the videos of pop songs that I didn't like. Yeah, yes. But yes. it was on. It was there. Yeah, and, it was there. Yeah. We'll get into this later, hopefully. But while it was still music videos only on Much Music, yeah. Um, that that was that was my that was my radio station. That was better than radio, right? Of and then course. I would wait until midnight when Loud would come on. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. And Cold Chamber and Marilyn Manson, all the videos that had warnings in front of them. Like, it was yeah. all good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the explicit content yes yes that, that made you watch it even more right even like, more yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 so so that was that was that was my my exposure to it but oh, i love it man um, i love it you bring back a lot of memories too yeah, yeah gee and exactly what you mentioned it was it was soundgarden it was pearl jam like yeah, I, I, yeah. I, i've always said i'm never i was never a big nirvana fan so i kind of yeah. uh, I, I didn't i didn't get on that but yeah soundgarden um i was a big primus fan like back yeah the, just again those weird like almost surreal type videos yeah. that Yes, yes, they really were. Yeah. That went along with the music that they were creating for sure. Yeah, Primus, that's, I forgot about them. Gee. But yeah, yeah. like, um, it was... 
for you guys, for me, much me, I'm talking about much music now, the institution, even like before I got there, after I left, that place was, it was a magical place. It really was a magical place. Like I remember being in school and, and coming home from school and putting my homework aside. I just wanted to watch what Steve Anthony was up to or Master T or any of the DJs. I just, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I loved watching the music video because it yeah. finally put pictures to the sounds that we were listening to on our uh, albums or CDs or radio stations. So to see music video for the first time back then, it was very, very cool. It was a novel thing. But um, but I was I was so attracted to what was going on in terms of much music as the personalities too. They brought a lot to it. And and I think those were the people that inspired me to you know, eventually worked there one day to enter the contest to, you know, of course, we all loved music as, as young Canadians growing up, but but to, to, to actually work at the station. And, um, you know, it was it was a, not many of us got to do that, like a handful, maybe <laughs> uh, everyone wanted to. Like, I remember all my buddies and you know, wanted to uh, their their sisters, th their friends. But um, honest to God, guys, I, I just I lucked out. I entered the con this contest and and, and my. My, my career was chosen for me. It was, it was, it was surreal. It, to this day, it's still, I'm still pinching myself. I was going to be a teacher like my older siblings. And, but I won this, I won this contest that back then in 94, I only had 25 words to explain why I wanted this job. 25 words. This will make sense to you guys because you guys were avid viewers of much like I was. What I said was I created the statement in 93 because I entered the contest in 93 as well. I don't know if you people know that, but that's the the year that temp contest started and i wrote something i scribbled something on a piece of paper again we had 25 words i just scribbled something on a piece of paper i, I remember faxing it in i thought what, what, after i after i faxed it, i go what did i just do like they're giving away a car money a place to stay in toronto a job at much music for two months i gotta put more effort into this so of course i didn't win in 93 and when 94 came around i dedicated like two weeks to creating my masterpiece it was it was an art piece um Oh, it wasn't just what I said, Matt. It was what how I created this visual uh, piece of art. Um, okay, so first of all, it was it was this statement on this fifty yard long banner. It was probably five feet in height and like fifty yards in in, in length. I know I've mi mixed the yards with the feet there. Sorry, guys, <laughs> if you're the metric metric people. But but what I said on this banner that eventually got pulled out by helium balloons inside this M shaped box because back then the much music logo was the M yeah. before MTV came down hard on us and said, well, you got to change that. It's got to be a globe now or whatever it was. So what I said was rather than outlying another summer on my facts, wedging you guys, I feel obligated to extend my power and help buzz around your electric environment. And to, to most people, they wouldn't understand what the heck that statement meant, but it incorporated 10 to 12 of the show's names that were on at the time in the statement. The statement was supposed to say, rather than wasting another summer on my ass, just watching you guys, you know, that's where it started. So I, I, I interjected and I, I added like uh, extend from extend the mix. The show T did. I did electric from electric circus of uh, that Monica Diol did uh, power from power hour. As you know, uh, the environment was the studio name that we called the studio uh, outlaw outlaws and heroes, the Bill Willich country country show that he hosted. So do you remember all these old oh, shows? Yeah. There's so many yeah. old ones all in there. All of those names. All of those. <laughs> Outlaws names. and Heroes. So they, I, I guess they liked that kind of approach to it. And um, yeah, the next thing you know, I tuned in the day they were making the announcement. Erica M was there in front of my big M <laughs> shaped box. And she said, I, I, and I'll never forget this. I guess you're wondering who the temp winner from 19, for 1994 is. Well, think no further. This entry in front of me won. And, and I remember sitting in my living room in Hamilton with my, my I was there of course my dad uh, was upstairs sleeping because he had just gone off the, the night shift he was working at the steel company in Hamilton and he was upstairs sleeping he unplugged the phone because he didn't want anyone to bother him because he wanted to get get to sleep and I was sitting there with my brother and my cousin and um, we went nuts we we went crazy when they announced my name because that was the start of uh, of a of a beautiful run like you know to, to this day I'm still involved and it's crazy to think that but um i remember that the much music brass were trying to call me and they couldn't get through because my dad had unplugged <laughs> the phone from the socket because he's trying to sleep to get ready for his 
night shift for all the entrants that were go- going in and all the people that were the potential temps. They said, well, this is when we're making, making the announcement. If you're curious to find out, tune in, you know, that's how they hooked you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's how I found out. Yeah. Erica M. That's and incredible. I, I tell every time I see Erica, it's like, I still, you announced my name and you started this. And it's like 25 years later, but uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It was awesome. Still is awesome. One thing I was, I was curious about, I think I, I read this right because it was like 94, but initially it was like an actual temp job. It wasn't an on-air gig. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. It, it was just for the summer months of 94. So July and August. And, and then, and if you tuned in back then, if you remember in, in, the, in the summer of 94, Steve Anthony on my last day, he said goodbye to me. He sang me off into the distance. Like Carol Burnett <laughs> used to sing, sing her, her audience off. And he gave me the a Glenn Campbell Aww. CD. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a parting gift. The Joker Steve Anthony is. And, and that was it. That was my last day. And then the next day I got home back to Hamilton. I'm going, because I was living in Toronto. They they put you up in a condom, condo in, in Toronto, which was amazing. And, and, and I'm calling them on the phone the next day. Uh, I guess it would have been uh, the 1st of September. Um, is there anything that I could come in to do? I'll volunteer anywhere in the building. Uh, I'll go fetch more coffee for you guys or rewind more tapes because that's what I was doing. <laughs> a, long, <laughs> a, a long list of other gigs that I was doing that nobody else wanted to do. But I just wanted to be there. So yeah, I, I, I it was only two months. I got in, I kept it in their face and and finally something came for me the winter of 94, that winter, um, they were having their top 100 videos of the year and people were leaving their uh, bids or whatever you call them, their videos that they wanted to see on this top 100 on a phone line uh, recorded. So they hired me to, to answer all the phone messages from the people that were voting, making their votes. And I was t- keeping tally of all the best videos from 1994 that were on this top 100. So, and then that, of course, other gigs came from that because they, they saw, you know, I did a pretty good job, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then I finally got hired on to my first part-time gig, you know, three month gig was answering the phones uh, for Denise Donlin and the rest of the much music crew. Denise at the time was the music, uh, the program d- director, uh, music director. So it was amazing to be welcomed back, uh, you know, in, in a capacity of being a, a paid employee. And um, and then of course in early '96, sure they were looking for a DJ because Steve Anthony was leaving, and uh, the rest is history. I, you know, I didn't win the contest that DJ Surge contest. Diego Fuentes won it, but um, I guess things didn't work out the way they wanted with Diego. And and they, I always say this. I joke. We joke around. He, he got demoted to Clip Trip, and this was a, a job as a DJ that took you around the world because you were. You remember Clip Trip? It was mm. introducing the viewers to all different sorts of culture and music from around the world. So Diego was in, you know, Argentina, one week, Brazil, uh, all over the place. Like he got to travel the world and we call it a demotion because he got pulled off of regular VJ flow and um, and onto this show. And then they stuck me into VJ flow as a VJ. That sounds like a demotion just to make you guys feel better about having yeah. in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're right. You're right. No, it's, it, I, I felt bad. I got, no, Rick, don't feel too bad about Dio. He's, he's going to be traveling the world talking about music. He, he'll be okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. everything worked out okay for Diego. Yeah. I know I rambled on and I kept going on tangents there, but uh, yeah, that's a quick synopsis of what, what how it went down in those couple of years. Did you have any aspirations to be in front of the camera when you even applied for the temp job or like, how did that transition? Because like, you're such a natural on camera, your personality oh, man. is just so like well, lovable and likable on camera. It like almost comes naturally. So like, was that a, a goal for you? Oh, dude, you- I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to no, hose it's- Kyle down here in a minute. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, you would remember, man. You, you would remember in '96, early '96. I was terrible, man. I was, uh, I was so uncomfortable. Uh, I lacked the confidence. I knew my music because I, 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 I breathed music. I lived it back in the day. Uh, I, I saw. I was going to see concerts every night of the week. I, I was buying CDs left, right, and center. I was uh, reading the AP, Rolling Stone, all music magazines that you, I can get my hands on. But, but I did lack that confidence, and I was so uncomfortable because I'm a physical 
ed grad. And, and like I said, I was going to go on to teach kids how to kick a soccer ball and throw a basketball through a hoop and <laughs> swing a racket. But um, it took me a good eight months to, to build up my confidence and to, to get my comfort level to where it should have been. Because this camera is in front of you and you're surrounded by this crew that you don't know. I was a shy kid growing up too. I was, I was always the kid that was behind my mom's legs, hiding behind them. I thank you for those nice words, but it took me a good eight months to really find my groove, my rhythm. And still, when I look back at interviews that I did eight months into my job, I still cringe. <laughs> I, I, it didn't, I didn't, I didn't get good at the art of interview. Uh, you know, and I, I'm still working on it to this day because there's always room to improve. Um, maybe two or three years in, in, into my gig, I, I'm telling you the truth, Mike, I was, I was terrible. If you show me a video, a clip of me in the year of 1996 as a much music DJ, I'll walk out of the room. I just, it, it's <laughs> terrible. It's terrible, man. It's like, and I see a lot up there on YouTube. It's like, oh, why, who put that up there? Can I pay you to take it down? It's like, no. My aspirations were something in the music field. And I did, I, I loved what Steve Anthony did back in the day and, and, and Sukian and, and, and Erica and Michael Williams and Christopher Ward. I, I, I loved what they did. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'd like to do that one day. So it was always a dream in the back of my head. You know, dreams for a lot of people, unfortunately, they rarely come true. But my big thing back in the day was perseverance. And, and I didn't want to give up. Since I had gotten one foot in the door of much music, I thought, you know what, I'm one step closer to that dream. And I I just kept working at it. It, it. it took me a good year and a half before I went on air as a VJ. You know, it, it was a lot of work and a lot of convincing. Um, I was in that building a long time and I was watching people come and go. And and I, I, I'm a patient guy too. I thought to myself, if they really want me one day, I'm going to be hired and then I'm really going to show them what I have. Um, but yeah, I guess you could say it was an aspiration. It, 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 it kind of was um, a dream back in the day it, that I wouldn't ever think would come true but good things happen sometimes to good people and uh, i guess it, it, it happened to me back then yeah well, that, well i mean that's pretty incredible because that's 94 and that took you all the way to today it's crazy matt it's well the last four and a half years i've been a full-time dad no I'm, you know 100 but your you, legacy is well nostalgia oh, i know you know like that's it, that's really really incredible that like you were involved during probably the most formative years of our musical tastes yeah. You know, like you were the voice and even just seeing you do your mannerisms right now, like you doing this, <laughs> yeah. that was, that takes me back watching you on TV being like, man, this guy's so cool. <laughs> oh man, oh man, you guys. You got the Italian blood. That's a proud family, not only to be on TV, but to complete an education, but then like take something else and run with it. Like how, how proud were they? Oh man. Yeah. They, you know what? They, they were, they were to this day, they're so proud. I, you know, I lost my mom six years ago but 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 she was she was my biggest fan she and i loved bringing her her in i would bring her in uh, every once in a while with my dad of course we'd get them on much on demand and we'd have them in there with us i wanted my parents to experience everything that i experienced i remember taking to my, my parents to the world music awards in monaco um yeah. just because just because like i you know I, I want my parents to be there with me i want them to experience as much as this as as what i'm living you know I wanted us all to experience and my older siblings too. My older siblings very rarely came along with me. It was my parents because they were, you know, semi-retired at the, at that time. But, uh, no, they, 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 they were my, and are my everything. They, they supported me. They, they, they took care of me. They taught me right from wrong. And I wanted to repay them in the way I could. I know it was only a minute way, but, um, they really loved going around with me and coming into the much music environment with me. And, uh, when we went to events, it was it was beautiful to experience everything with my parents. Now my older siblings too, the same thing. Like they're all teachers, and to have you know their their younger brother come in and speak to their classes was like <laughs> I must have gotten hit up. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even count the amount of times I came out. Oh, can you come in and hang out with my class and play some basketball? Or like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then that that spreads to their teacher friends uh, out there, their buddies that were teachers, and I, I visited so many classrooms. <laughs> 25 years but i love that stuff i loved it if there was someone back then that was would have inspired me as much and steve did and erica did of course but but to take it one step further and to actually 
go and meet people and 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 big them up and and, and say yeah you can you can do it too like you know it, there wasn't a lot of those people back then you know you saw them on your TVs you, you heard them on the radios but did they come to your classroom very rarely I don't remember any VJ ever coming to my to my classroom maybe we did some much music video dances back in the day but oh my god but then the VJs the, the VJs I remember talking to them they 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 could care less about those things like they would send the DJ to do those much music video dance where I loved when I got called to do the the much music video dance parties. I remember doing a few out east actually. Yeah. I wanted to get out there. I wanted to meet the people that were watching us and and just hang out with them and and have fun with them and just celebrate with them. So yeah, to get back to the, the the question about my family being proud, they sure are. They sure were, and uh, you know, especially back then when I was on all the time. You know, I, I, since being let go from ET Canada four and a half years ago, it's it's been a different approach to life. Like you know, I I was changing diapers up until three three years ago. So <laughs> that's you know, and I have three boys now. So you know, awesome. sixteen, seven, and five. But it's uh, wow. life. Life, as you guys know, it throws you curveballs, and you just got to roll with it. I'm still changing diapers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. One year old. Yeah, for sure yeah. you are. Yeah. And my wife's a nurse, so she'll be t- changing mine at some point too. <laughs> oh <my goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> that's good. So, so you're, you're kind of touching on something, and I'm kind of curious too. I think yeah. we all are. Um, the content that was on air. How much okay. say did you truly have on what was going to be like in the top videos? Yeah. At first, at first, you know, getting on air in '96, I, I just, I, I basically just did. They told me I'm a kid. I'm a punk kid from Hamilton that just wants this gig. I wanted it so bad. And if you told me I'm going to introduce the Spice Girls, well, I'm introducing the Spice Girls. You know, uh, <laughs> if you're, you know, Backstreet Boys, and 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 we're going to get into this whole whole um, being being pigeonholed into the boy band world, <laughs> which was you kind mean, of a fun world. You mean your we'll frosted tips? Frosted tips. The frosted tips. <laughs> Still rocking the soul patch at 51. This is all Movember. As the years went by, you know, then they gave me they gave me these gigs of okay, well, you can produce now. Okay, so you take take over for Combat Zone because Craig Halkett is 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 leaving that role, and and you could be the producer. So I was picking the videos all the time. It was, and, and if you can remember that show, it was always Backstreet Boys taking on Corn or Limp Biscuit taking on <laughs> Spice Girls, or you know, <laughs> it, it was crazy. You know, Jay Z or Eminem, whoever it was. But I was picking. I was programming that hour of music videos and I was I was biased in playing the music videos that I wanted to see and I thought most of the viewers b- would like to see it wasn't and I hope we weren't bombarding the viewers with the same videos over and over we were trying to get to uh, a variety of different videos we had hundreds of videos that were being submitted every week right like we had to we couldn't play every video um, we, we could only play the best of the best right and and as you guys touched upon it earlier this was your go-to spot for music in Canada. Um, so of course, every band out there is going to submit videos. Every I'm not just talking the bands that we know, but the indie bands, you know, bands that people never heard of. So so the, the producers and the people that were in charge of calling those shots had to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, towards the end, uh, I had a lot of power to play the videos that I, want, that I wanted, that I thought the viewers wanted to see. But towards the very end, the content for me, it just this wasn't what I signed up for. Um, I loved music video. I loved bands talking about music. It changed. It was now more reality type sh- pop shows. It was. It wasn't about just the music. And 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 as I see Matt, you're putting your thumb. I was putting my thumb down in in, in the mid mid aughts. I guess you could say in 2003, yeah. 2004, 2005 when I left. Those weren't the happiest years for me at Much Music. No, the mid 90s were because. We got away with murder back in the day. We got to do whatever we, we would. If we wanted We're to take our lives. office out onto John Street or Queen Street, we did it. We didn't ask for permission. Towards the end, okay, well, now, guys, we're more corporate now. You can't do this. You got to stay away from that. You, let's talk about this. Well, I don't want to talk about that. So why would I want to talk about that for? I want to talk about this. Yeah. Um, and 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 then the promotions, the contests were like, and not nothing's wrong with contests. Viewers love the contests, but I felt like every break I was doing, we were giving away a prize or I was talking about this or talk- I just wanted to talk about music. I want to listen to and, w- and watch music and I want to interview bands. I just want, I would have died a happy life if I just did that every day of my life at much music, you know, but it was changing and it wasn't like that anymore. Um, 
when they started bringing the reality shows for me, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. And, and part of that too, um, it wasn't just music videos. You had those like intimate and interactives, the, Oh man, those big shows. in house. Yeah. Just even those. like, you know, a band just jamming a couple songs. And yeah. um, yeah. I remember being young and seeing silver chair on TV and thinking like, I'm really close to their age. I could do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Young Canadians, our age that we're watching, were inspired by what we were watching on much music and what we were seeing. Well, that's why you guys, are all such you're all in in a band you were saying you're all, you're all musicians i i never you know made it to that level i tried out i auditioned for some bands back in the day uh, i i was i think i was in a band for like three days and then i thought you were playing triangle back then i was playing triangle back then yes <laughs> whatever i was doing anyhow um to make a long story short i was never as talented as you three i i couldn't play and i tried playing a guitar the drums i just couldn't so being able to talk about music and being surrounded by music and musicians and it was magical days, man. It was, ma- it was magical days back then until they weren't magical. And right. then it was time to leave. So so to me, it kind of sounds like much music started out almost like a punk movement. Like it yeah. was almost like, here's the videos we want to play. Here's yep. the content we're going to push in a Canadian demographic, always considered smaller in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. You know, we would see American bands come on, but when you would see a Canadian band or find out they're Canadian, yeah. it made you even more stoked to find oh, out man, that for sure. Canadian local content could be produced there so even for yourself like you became not just a pop star in terms of you know the local guy that's on tv you were an icon like people trusted you they would probably come up to you they'd probably say like please here's my cd yada oh, yada man, i got so some of that i have content i know what you guys represent can you please help us out yeah and, right. and i feel like much music and really the canadian way is that kind of the vibe right how, it's how, like yeah. help each yeah, other yeah. out for sure it is yeah. for sure it is well well we, we can't keep listening to the same thing over and over again really you were a part of something that started something new and influenced the viewers that's why i think that you've got a deeper root in all of us hmm. and sure. then and then when we look at the retail element being the big shiny tunes <laughs> yes. um yes. what what was that kind of process like well that process i i didn't play much of a part in it except to promote the heck out of that cd rachel perry and i i remember we had specials the day it was coming out we'd have big specials we'd bring the people down we'd play every track every video sometimes we'd bring the bands in that were on there the canadian ones and um it was it was a money maker for much music there's no doubt about that uh the much dance cd and big shiny tunes those were the two big big money makers. They sold... I don't know how many copies of those, but the beauty of those CDs, you had, if you liked rock, if you liked that genre, well, all the best were on that CD. It, same like with, with the Much Dance. If you liked that genre, if you liked uh, that music, well, the best of the best were on that C- CD. And and Much Music and the record labels back in the day, they was a tight, uh, what a relationship that was. And as we know, music companies these days, music labels, it's, it's nothing like it was back in the day. These companies were making money and yeah. anything anything went they rolled out the red carpet for anything they spent money on anything i still remember the music labels flying us everywhere for it was more now more the the, the boy band push and uh the record labels were they were throwing so much money at these these events not at us but but they were rolling out the red carpet like eating at the best places staying at the best hotels okay what do you want because you're going to be interviewing the band tomorrow how can we make it amazing? How can we make it perfect? And I remember that that was just a big push because the record labels were making hand over fist. The dollars were just rolling in. I mean, for for me, Big Shiny won. I remembered obviously yeah. Marilyn Manson. Sweet dreams are made of this. Yeah, that was, a, yeah, that was yeah. a big one for me on that one. But there was also No Doubt, um, Machine yeah. Head by Bush, Big Shiny Two and Three. I mean, those yeah. those for me yeah. Were, yeah. were the most prominent of my era of not only watching much music but also trusting what much put out did did much music like get involved in other uh compilation projects this is a pop quiz because i actually have an answer for you (laughs) yeah well well the much dance the big shiny tunes right i I think t started doing some stuff with with the rap city and i'm I'm interested now to find out the answer to this oh yeah what what the heck is that one there much music album come on 
I gotta put my glasses on. Give me hold that right there. Is that Weird, Weird Al Yankovic? Oh yeah, Weird Al. The Much Music album. Wow. I remember there used to be Al TV. Yeah, I think I we did three say. or four of them. Al TVs. That's one of the videos that's on YouTube that I wish wasn't on. I was terrible. Like we, <laughs> we went to a <laughs> we went to a spa. We brought Al to a spa, Mira Linder, in downtown Toronto, and it was his day, so he was throwing to his music videos. Um, yeah, Weird Al Yankovic. I never there's, saw that CD. What year was that? Um, what year was that? That was before I got there. Ninety-five. Yeah, now, see that, this, I, is, I, I, yeah, this wow. is back when my dad was a member of Columbia House. Being, Columbia House. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, when you would buy an album and back then when you were young, you didn't know how they got away with, you know, selling you like 20 CDs for the shipping and for a penny or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. So then, but then the, the next the 21 through 35, you pay 29.99 or so yeah. 19.99. <laughs> they'll, even, they'll just send you the CD if you don't yeah. have to respond. To if you didn't return it, thing. they charged you. But that that kind of stuff, that's what I mean. You know, like that's how important much music was. Yeah, and, look and, at that, and, man. Is that something that wasn't a much music album was that you had the brand on it. Mm. And and, yeah. and I think that that's that iconic power that for sure transcends for sure. not only the brand, but actually the people that was involved. So like you. So, you know, the again, faces that yeah, the fa- yeah. <laughs> not just gonna blow smoke, but um, but like that's how important you were to I think our demographic you know you and your your team you know like yeah you guys were the YouTube back in the day for us. yes I think you're right back then yeah 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 for sure it was the one-stop shop if you're if you liked music well where else could you go to watch the music you can't you can go there's tons of play radio stations and you buy your CDs you listen to them but but if you want to watch the videos and and be kind of educated by, by the VJs and the bands when they actually come in to do the interviews that that's the stuff that's the place yeah. well you guys remember like when the when ba- bands would come in we would have to shut down the streets mm-hmm. um so oh, really? so the viewers could come and be part of it like the live at munches the intimate and interactives there was a ton of those that we did over the years a ton and we loved doing those those were live in your face the bands performed the bands were it was a raw moment to see yeah. the band without you know you know you're not listening to the cd anymore so they're not it's not polished it's not a polished product but you're listening to this yeah. band and you're standing right there and there there's james hadfield there's lars ulrich there, there's there's the guys performing this music they're all right there yeah. i remember even before being a vj as the temp winner in 94 i i was hanging out at the much music environment every day because you never knew who was going to drop by like the first time i met dave grohl and the foo fighters it was 90 90- wait, wait. Wait, the first time. I love when people say <laughs> well, the first time they've well, met Dave well, Grohl. Well, then, but then, but, but when you become a VJ, then you're interviewing them yeah. all the time when they Everybody come in. I but, just love. But I, I, just I love wasn't them. a VJ yet, and I got to meet this band that I idolized. I, you know, I brought in a drumstick that I caught at a Nirvana show in Buffalo in the mosh pit, and I brought it up to Dave, and I, Dave, I, I was so shy still back then, but I was getting cracking out of my shell, and I, I show this to Dave. I go, Dave looks at. It, goes whoa there's one there's one from out of the ca- time capsule <laughs> with yeah, nirvana yeah, yeah. so he signed it for me i still have it somewhere and um but yeah like i would be hanging out in the much environment every minute of every day because that's yeah. where the bands were coming aerosmith i met for the first time and steven tyler i tell you is the nicest guy in this business he gave me the time of day he was having a conversation who am i i was nobody i was just answering the phones but but i, I was a huge fan of music their music of course and to meet these guys that that you see in music videos and you've been hearing their music you, you know for a very long time and then you finally get to meet them i i'm still a fan to this day of all these people sure i had to make it you know seem a little more professional because i'm interviewing them now yeah. i can't i can't fangirl over them but uh, or fanboy but um I had, to, I had to compose myself but i'm a i'm a huge just like you guys i'm a huge fan of all these bands that were coming in um and then you know being being given this vj opportunity this gig i get to interview with bands now oh my like right really like you don't even have to pay me really um i just want to do this for a living sure the money came it was terrible but it came but uh but just to interview these bands man like it's it was the best it was the best i miss it your first big like your first real interview like where yeah i remember my first starter interview on air live as a vj i was probably a month into my job maybe two months and it was an indie band. They gave me an indie band from Saskatoon. Um, 
you know, let's 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 work him in a little bit. We're not going to give him like you know Pearl Jam right away. Let's let's give him uh, Bluebeard from Saskatoon. Okay. Now, I don't even know if Bluebeard is still around. I don't know how well they did. Um, I'm sure the- they're big in Norway and Finland. <laughs> <laughs> It was the worst interview ever. I remember Denise Donlan coming down a second after the interview finished and she was in my face saying, that was probably one one of the worst interviews I've ever seen in my life. I go, okay, no, no, but that's good. I I love criticism, any type of criticism at the time because I wanted to be better at everything I did. So I appreciated what she said and I listened to what she said and and it's Denise Donlan. Like, come on, she's running things over there. She's interviewed. (laughs) She's friends with Neil Young. She's interviewing all the big bands. So to take advice from Denise Denise Donlin and to receive that criticism wasn't the end of the world for me. It was amazing. It was the beginning of something new because I really put my foot to the metal and I really wanted to learn everything I could. Of course. So that was the first interview ever at Much Music. But the the first big one, the first big one was probably the Gin Blossoms. When Gin yeah. Blossoms came up and they, they were a cool, cool bunch of guys, man. And this was early in my career, maybe late, later in 96. Uh, and then, and then of course, the first big trip, um, right away, we went to New Zealand to interview the Fugees in Alanis Morissette with Denise Donlan. And I was I was maybe seven months into my job. Um, prior to that, the MMVAs happened, the first MMVAs that I got to co-host with all the other VJs. And that was something else. Like all these bands here in this one spot, like it's incredible. It's incredible. Wow. So yeah, I, I, and I talk about it with such excitement today because I'm still excited to interview bands. If, if I had the opportunity to interview a band tomorrow, like I'd still be pumped right up about it. Like, and I got that way for every interview. It was like researching the bands would be like, be like doing homework for me. Like when I was in high school, I wanted to know everything I could know about that band that was coming in. So if if we got sidetracked on something else, they brought something up that was out of reference of something like I would know what they were talking about. And I think Denise and the producers started really liking that that fact that this guy he's he's he knows his music, he's knowledgeable, he he, he could be shitty as a VJ, you know his delivery. But but that came that came with the experience and and the hours I I spent in front of the camera. But uh, uh, I still say, man, you, you know, you guys are bringing up, we're bringing up so many amazing memories. It was the most magical time being on Much Music. Magical it's It really was. <laughs> did, did you guys just catch that? Rick the Temp just said shitty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did. <laughs> My I was... nostalgia just grew a little there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I swore a couple times on air by mistake, mostly with Bill Wilichka on those 80s weekends. Sometimes <laughs> we let something slide towards the end. And, uh, and it was crazy too. Some stories I'll tell you, like the later it got in my career at much music not towards the very end but we had this pub right across the street from us um called the firkin the friar and the firkin on john street and you know the windows that lifted up those garage style door windows the bar was right there the pub so before a combat zone you know we do our research over there and one or two wobbly pops but but that's how comfortable we we came we became with with our roles over there sure we could have a little a drink it's it's his rock and roll (laughs) you know so so we were playing the part and getting into it, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure we dropped a few, not f bombs, <laughs> but maybe s bombs along the way here and there. Sure, yeah. I know the artists always did. You know, throughout your career, aside from the beginning, what was some yeah. of the biggest moments for you? Not only in the interviewing capacity to be like, "Holy shit, I can't believe this is my job. This is my life." What yeah, was well, that that, Matt, that that happened on on a weekly basis, man. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. That that I had to pinch my myself like i'm just i'm the the luckiest punk from hamilton to get that gig like the one of my favorite biggest interviews you know when 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 the chili peppers came into the much environment for the first time as a collective as a group all four of them they had come in before you know anthony with flea or anthony with john or you know anthony on his own but when all four of them, you know, John and Chad and Flea and Anthony all were there for a sit down one hour live at much interview. And I'm, I'm a huge pepper fan. I, I love the chili peppers. So that was huge, man. They, they trusted me with this band, this, this, this worldwide global phenomenon, this band that was huge everywhere. And we got to spend an hour with them. And, and that was the beginning of a good relationship with Anthony and, and the guys in the chili peppers, because every time they'd 
would come in. I, I would have the opportunity to interview them when we went away. I, I still remember it, Rock, Rock and Rio in, in Rio de Janeiro. Chili Peppers were, were playing on stage and we did the press conference um, the day before, the day after their show. I forget how it worked, but like Anthony, he, he recognized me. He, he, he remembered this, this kid, you know, because we, we, we made this bond. We had this relationship and that was like, wow. Like I even telling you this story, I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps. Like Anthony Kiedis remembers who I was and who I am. Sure. It's like, it's, it's crazy, man. It, it's so, and you built up these relationships with these bands because they were always coming through yeah you know and then and and i talked a little bit about the boy band phase and it's funny but you know i, I was never into that music you know what my style is you know the rock the grunge the alternative but when the boy band explosion took off rick you're there let's start you with interviewing the back it's the backstreet boys first time to much music let's you know you you look like a backstreet boy i guess yeah. they thought yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have a soul you patch you've got frosted <laughs> yeah. tips yeah you've but got guys, baby pants like I, I I like the Chili Peppers. I I like the Stone Temple Pilots. I like, <laughs> but but you know what? You know, in all fairness, those boy bands probably like those bands too. That's true. That's true. And Matt, that's what I grew to uh, learn. I, I and and enjoy about boy bands, pop bands. They're making a lot of people happy out there, and I really respected that. There 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 are girls crying in Asia somewhere thinking about the Backstreet Boys. And if if someone could put a smile on someone else's face, maybe this someone else is going through a, a tough time. But these guys this boy band you know by by this person listening to their songs they're making that person smile and that's where it all began for me which led to 98 degrees which led to InSync, which led to all these other boy bands that uh, were coming LFO. out of the woodwork that's right lfo oh, yeah. you got it uh, they were there were so many i can't remember half of them because you know half of them weren't as big as InSync and backstreet boys but i got i got pigeonholed into that but i loved it man Th these guys they were so much fun these guys love to have fun and and i, I still remember to this day and regretting not not taking them up on this but InSync once asked me to come on tour with them on their tour bus like we'd hang out here and there on the tour but but they wanted me to go from state to state from city to city with them and i go guys i do have a job oh. um but but I, I still regret to this day i should have taken a few weeks off and just traveled around just to see um how it all was for these guys but uh yeah yeah you, you became friends with these people you know it's they're just people like us and leaving was probably the saddest day you know because sure. here you are at this place where you just you pour so much into this is your life for like 11 years and and it's time to say goodbye and you know, I shed a tear. I shed a few tears. Uh, I remember Leah and I having Leah Miller and I having a good cry before the show started and after. And and it's it's time to move on. You know, but it was a good time to move on because of what we talked about earlier. They were going in a different direction. Yeah. Uh, mm. I was starting to have babies. Uh, you know, you can't be a VJ and have, have babies. You're not cool. <laughs> uh, VJs are practically babies. They're so young. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was time to go. And and. Um, you know, all good things come to an end. And, and, and at the time I was leaving, I was auditioning for all these other shows because I, I, I knew I wanted to stay in front of the camera and, uh, but this one show, this one show that we didn't really know the name, they wouldn't tell us the name of it at the time. They said this, it's a new entertainment show. It's going to be on Global. And I remember meeting with the exec producer, you know, two months before I left my gig at Much Music. And and I still remember doing my first interview when I was still under contract with Much Music. I think I had like a week to go and E.T. flew me down to New York to interview Alicia Keys after one of my Much Music shifts. And 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 so it began with my job as a host for E.T. Canada. And, and what I loved about ET Canada was it wasn't just the actors and, you know, cause it's, they're big on actors, obviously it's entertainment, but they were still tapping into the music and the musicians and the artists and the bands. And like I said, my first interview was with Alicia Keys. And so music was still a big part of what I did at, at ET Canada. Yeah. Although it was more now, you know, okay, well, you, you're also going to talk to George Clooney and Leonardo and Julia and all, <laughs> you know, and Tom Hanks, which was kind of cool as well. Cause I'd never, the only actors that we had and, and, and much music was starting to get more and more into actors I had interviewed uh, Ben Affleck and John Travolta uh, at, e at much music and, and and now I'm at ET Canada and now it's 
it's a mainstream thing. We're going to be talking to these actors all the time. And it was amazing because like music growing up with all these bands that I was now interviewing, well, same with actors, all these shows that I once once watched, like Welcome Back Cotter and, 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 and uh, you know, Three's Company. Well, now I'm interviewing these actors that were on these shows. It's, it's amazing. It was incredible, the ET Canada. It really was like, uh, and I'm a, I'm a fan of music, movies, television. I, I still am. So to be able to get, to be given the chance to interview these people, it was very special. Like Happy Days, I I I, I love that. I watched that show religiously. Okay, Rick, you're going to interview the Fonz, Henry Winkler. It's like <laughs> what the yeah. Fonz? I'm going to be sitting across from Fonzie. A. Like it's yeah, a yeah. <laughs> Arthur Fonzarelli. Henry yeah. Winkler is the nicest guy. I said Steven Tyler was. Oh. Henry Winkler. Oh, what a sweet soul that man is. You you bring up happy days and I think yes. of I think of Weezer. Yes. So obviously the Buddy Holly video, it's a Happy Days tribute. Was there ever a band that you personally felt this is going to be the next big thing? Yeah, yeah. There were a few occasions. Actually, I told you I used to go see a show every night of the week in Toronto and it was my playground. It was amazing. I loved live music. I still do. Um, but I was going to a lot of shows and you would have bands and people come up to you. Dude, you got to listen to our CD. I think you'll really like it um you know and that was happening all the time all the time and, and 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 sometimes there was a handful of artists that are now you know worldwide and are huge and i still remember seeing the band lit at the oh opera house oh my god wow do you remember lit yeah you got it you got it <laughs> and, and and the guys in simple plan were in the audience that night they had come in from montreal and i don't know they were driving and getting drunk and having a good time and they had, they were throwing out their demo tape to whoever would take it and, and i remember taking it from simple plan and listening to it and i and not that i had anything to do with their startup but um i remember telling the people at much music at the time this band you gotta listen to these guys they're amazing but the, i remember them they were nobodies and they gave me their demo tape i remember gosh uh i don't have stories that are that good with others but um it happened a lot yeah um i always like doing that segment on much music the indie spotlight because indie bands you know they start out that way but but everyone everyone needs a spotlight everyone needs their time and much music as the years went by it's it seemed like we were only playing the biggest of the big you know because indie spot they got rid of that that spotlight after a while too well well why because every band needs needs their voice on much music i thought i, I really did like if you're a band if you're going to be putting an effort into making a music video let's give them three minutes it's three minutes you know we can't always and that was was what was happening in 2004 2005 well why are we always playing that music video i know people want to see it but i i think me and then george at the time we were more into giving bands their time you know these bands are killing themselves in traveling a across this country in a bus yeah. you know they're risking me, their lives me, let's me, give them three minutes on much music and yeah. and i know george was a, was a big voice in in that regard as well on much um and of course george these days he's, george's never stopped the house of strombo like how cool was that for him and that that dude is on fire to this day you know yeah like his his name, much like yours, is a brand, right? There's an identifier. Strombo, most most definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, even George, more so George, of course, because he's always went down the way of music. That's been his life. And have you seen him play the piano on those Instagram reels? Like he, that, that the dude is awesome. George knows something about everything, <laughs> and, and he could be an expert on anything out there. He knows. He just researches. He's well versed in, in everything, not just music. I'm not just talking music. I'm talking to bands like the guy knows everything of course he does like he they hired hockey night in canada hired him right. <laughs> to, to talk about hockey but um but no george man i miss the guy i keep in touch with him every once in a while and uh i always joke around with him lately like we're gonna redo that trip from la to vegas <laughs> that road trip I think I <laughs> and relive that i think i watched that clip uh just like you and george in, in car and you're like in the back he was shooting the punk show and, and i just happened to be in la probably interviewing the backstreet boys or whoever it was and and he and we we were both done our assignments and we thought let's go to vegas because we liked vegas at the time and and our producers were into it and he actually ended up shooting his one of his segments one of his episodes for the punk show uh on the way so yeah that was those are fun times you keep 
keep in touch with any of those yeah. any of the old crew i do i i do not not all of them like you lose touch with a, I, I became i became friends with steve anthony i became friends with my idol i became friends with this guy that inspired me to be a vj in the first place and that's a pretty cool thing like there was there wasn't a moment that passed i wanted to get that tv on and i wanted to see what steve anthony was doing because that guy was entertaining as all hell man like myself and bradford howe will keep in touch he's in new york now rachel perry's in la uh amanda walsh when she went to la after leaving much as a vj she went to pursue her acting career and she she i remember her telling me she had the pilot for big bang theory the female actress i can't think of right now her name Kay- kaylee cuoco yeah kaylee cuoco i think got the starring was penny in the pilot yeah oh my goodness so amanda amanda walsh was yeah she was doing her screenshots in the pilot across from the jim parsons character jim parsons wow. the actor amanda walsh but then something happened along the way with the production company or whoever the t- tv network and uh, they went with kaylee cuoco but yeah that was amanda walsh's gig man it was a, i remember her telling it was like it was like i can't believe it That's because that show took off and uh amanda was this close i don't keep in touch with amanda as much but uh you know there's jennifer hollett who just reached out to me the other day on instagram and we used to do mod together uh with and amanda as well when jennifer left Rachel I, love Perry. You, I love how you uh, you you refer to it as mod and that we know exactly yeah what you're much about. on demand <laughs> mod much on demand yeah. Yeah. Well, because like show. you know the brand identity that us as fans develop with not only the the personalities but much music it's a right. time capsule it's like you said about david with the drumstick you know it takes you back time and place and i'm so glad that you have enough good memories uh despite the last couple of years that you are willing to talk to three dudes from from Halifax, who sit in a basement that smells like man meat. Um, <laughs> that, smell that bad. It doesn't. No, no. I love talking to people. I, I always have, and I lo- and I love even more talking about the nostalgia, the what we grew up on, and because it was so so big for all four of us. Like, yeah, I, I remember like you guys sitting around watching much music. I I remember doing that exact. We all did as Canadian as young Canadians. Yeah, a- and all of us did. Like there, you know, a, a, a country of 25 million i know it's a bit a little bit more now but back in the day i'm pretty sure half if oh. not the majority of the country knew what much music was yeah. like Definitely. like they had to it, it was the only thing going for a young canadian like that yeah. that that you could watch on tv sure okay degrassi or, or this or that but but much music 24 7 is where you where you tuned in yeah video flow and and bill video hosting flow. the countdown yes like, yes you know like that that kind of those moments right you know i don't remember what the countdown Countdowns, yeah. but I remember tuning in to just see what made it up to the next ranking. That's or right. Oh yeah, that's right. That you love yes. to make it up. Yeah. You know, like videos like Freak on a Leash. You know, those really yes. really big budget, grungy yes. videos that you're to like, dry, come yeah. on, come on, yes. make it into the mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> and then once it meet, and then once it reaches the range, mainstream, you're like, I disown you. You <laughs> reached right. too high. Yeah. Then yeah. we're knocking them down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. But then there were those shows too, like The Wedge and Loud. That really, yeah, that's right. Like, it allowed the the you know even the, they played it a little late on the East Coast. Yeah. It was like midnight. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it was for it really like you, everybody had a chance to like listen to whatever they really wanted. Of course, it, it yeah. really did introduce all us Canadians into all sorts of musical genres. It really and personalities. Like Sukin was great on that show, yeah. The Wedge. She, I always remember about Sukin. She always thought outside the box and tried different things and that's what we were all inspired by that at much music we wanted to do it differently than the way this person was going to do it but when sookian just took that took that to another level i remember every time she interviewed um radiohead whether it was her in the band or her and just tom they would never face each other they she did this interview she's in the fore or tom's in the foreground she's in the background she's asking her questions he's answering them they're both looking at the camera it's like it was like really who thinks of this stuff but it was that's, brilliant that's for a show the, like the wedge that's the most radiohead and the most sookian lee i've ever heard <laughs> yeah <laughs> two, two of my favorites sookians and Lee. i just commented on one of her and sookian we were keeping in touch for the longest time but she goes in her direction i go in mine but i commented on her because she just got out to perform live music again with her band and I commented on her post and she reached back out to me and it was really nice to hear from Sukin Lee because I still remember on her last day mm-hmm. as a much music DJ 
I was around. I guess I was getting ready for combat zone and she was finishing up her Friday shift and she wanted to do something as I talked about earlier outside of the box. And she comes out to me. She goes, Rick, I don't know if you guys remember this. She goes, Rick, I'm going to, um, I'm going to moon the nation. I'm going to, I'm going to moon the nation as my, on my last, last throw, my last shift. She goes, would you in solidarity, would you come on there and moon with me? And I said, yeah, let's go. Let's moon everyone on. Nobody knew. She didn't tell anyone. But I remember she threw to the last video and we turned around and we pulled down her and we moon. <laughs> it was the craziest thing, man. You can't get away with that. I think these I days. remember that. Now that yeah. you're saying it, I think I remember. We mooned the nation. It was crazy, man. But so, that, that was crazy. Sukian had some great ideas, like always forward thinking and always different and unique. And it was, and that was much at the time. I don't remember exactly the year she left, but it was still a good, magical place. You know, I guess it was maybe it was 2000, 2000, 2001, maybe even before that, but uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. That's her swan song. Yeah. That was her swan song. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there that, that segment? We got away with murder back then, though. Yeah, well, you did. We really what did. It, what was it called? You guys went like, it was like Much Goes Naked or Much Goes Nude or something. And do you remember that? Wow. Um, do you remember the year that was? I remember we were starting to do much doing everything. We awesome. did snow job. We did sand job. We did, yeah. uh, you know, we, we were part of the much, the, 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 the gay pride parade. We had our own float. We, we were getting involved with everything, which was amazing. I loved it. Um, but the much nude day, I, that, that barely rings a bell. Um, All I rem mostly I remember Rachel Perry. Rachel, pa I was going to say, was it Rachel? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can see Rachel doing that show. <laughs> I think all of us wanted that. Yeah. Them again, <laughs> Rachel, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the beauty of much. And like you said, Kyle, like we approached them with ideas and the majority of the time they, yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. This is the place where we can do that for those first, you know, five, six, seven years. But then it, then, then it all changed. Yeah. <laughs> all the fun went away. Money, but, money uh, changes everything. Yeah. Money talks yeah. for sure. Money but, talks. I mean, like, money talks. Yeah. yeah. Where can people find you now? Well, I'm so glad you brought that, brought that up because for the last four and a half years, I've had the best role of my life uh, as a full-time dad slash husband. And it's been wonderful. It really has. It's, I've been able to spend all this, these precious moments seeing my boys grow um, at these important ages, this important stage of their lives. They're, they're young boys, but there's, they're developing, you know? And, and I always told my wife, when, when, our, uh, when our youngest goes to school and starts school full-time, well, then well, I'll have a lot more time on my hands and I'll want to get back into the working world. And, um, and you can start doing more laundry, more doing more laundry, uh, uh, but no, not changing diapers, which is good. I'm about to start uh, a full-time job. I'm honored that and fl flattered that they approached me. Um, it's something that's going to get me back in the game. Um, and, and I can't wait to start. Mm. Yeah. So I'll be doing something that I love to do again. You co-hosted with, with Monica Deal, the 90s nostalgia tour. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That, Kyle. That's we, us. Yeah, exactly. that was very cool. We we made it out to St. John's, Newfoundland. Never made it to Halifax, Nova Scotia. But Halifax, like, what? What, Rick? <laughs> Yeah, I would have. I wanted to. I told the. I told the uh, the organizers of the tour. We got to get to Halifax. Come on. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're talking about this. And you just reminded me because I had a meeting. We had a, uh, a debrief uh, uh, just the other week about how the '90s uh, nostalgia electric electric circus edition went with Monica. Mm. Well, I said to him, I said, we got to do a big shiny tunes. We got to bring the '90s Matchbox Twenty. You know, Moist, whoever. We got to bring them on the road. Yes. And um, he said, yes, we're working on that right now yeah. i said well you let me know when you need a host for that you know how successful and we got to hit be? halifax <laughs> like so remember, huge do you remember the somersault concert from 2000 ish I yeah think? somersault our lady pieces exactly. concert tour so yeah like you call that a big shiny tunes tour it just it would yeah. be that's oh dynamite. dude yes that's one thing that, and I talked about this with Steve Kersner, who is Ed the Sock. Uh, we all know Ed the Sock. Hey. We always wanted hey. to bring much music back and do things and travel the country and, and get it going again. But, but the, and I'm going to say this, the CTV brass, because CTV Bell Media, who owns much music, they, they never wanted to be part of it. Uh, it's sad, but uh, there were uh, advocates and we were, you know, trying to wave the flag and get it going again in any in whatever capacity we could do it but we always either got shut down or there was no support but uh but this this organization that i'm working
working with with 90s nostalgia, they're, they're onto something good here. And and I wouldn't be surprised if next summer or next fall we're out there traveling the country again with a 90s nostalgia, big shiny tunes edition. Well, please keep us in mind. When yeah, I like to try that propeller beer that you've been drinking all night. <laughs> I have been drinking it all night. No, I know I feel, I feel very good. <laughs> very good. What was it? What was a go-to sign-off for you on much? I didn't have any signature sign-offs. I just said goodbye at the end of my shift. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Because I was always on. I was on every day. I'll see you, see you tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Here's the Spicer. So the Backstreet Boys. Here's corn. Here's Limp Bizkit. Here's. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just oh, introducing yeah. a video and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd use almost the band as the bumper. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again. Until Ray. next time. Thank you. Maybe. Huh? Yes. And let's do it again. Welcome to Bitch Watch. Hi, I'm Sly. I'm Witsy. And we're two bitches watching TV. We're a recap and shit talk show. That's right. We watch hours and hours and hours of TV, so you don't have to. You can listen and laugh along with us everywhere you listen to podcasts and find us on Instagram and Twitter at BitchWatchPod. Is our show original? No. Entertaining? We hope so. This is Bitch Watch. Hello yet again, and welcome to the Insanely Dangerous Retro Pod Show. Size doesn't matter, it's what you do with it. Yes, well, I mean, I'm off now because I've got to go and scream. Absolutely garbage. Pauly Shaw is somebody I don't really give a fuck about. He did kick me off the arse! <laughs> nice, nice argument there. Oh, shut up. Shut up, you Oh, there's a finger. I, I almost urinated. Tune in next week because I just can't stop loving you guys. It's the Batman jeans. No more Andy Hinchcliffe. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why.